Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast with John Atkins. Hello and welcome back to your midweek treat. Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast. First, right off the bat, I couldn't have done it without you, my extra special sponsor, Carla Brand Music. Carla have been sending me beautiful ukuleles for nearly a decade, and now they're giving you, my loyal listeners, a 10% discount on absolutely anything on their website just because you listen to Ukulele Tales. Just visit carlabrand.com slash uketeacher for a 10% discount on any Carla product, including every single one of their terrific ukuleles. Okay, let's keep this intro short, as there is a great interview this week with Simon and Aaron also known as the one and only Plastic Jesus. I'll keep the bio to a minimum, except to say that this Bournemouth-based band combined the ukulele with original comedy songs to create some of the funniest music you are likely to hear. They're a favourite at Gnuff, which is where I met up with them last summer, and they've been playing uke festivals up and down the land. In the last year or two, they've won countless awards, including Best Newcomer, at the British Musical Comedy Awards. They've had their own Next Up comedy special, and they're currently preparing their first hour-long comedy show, which I think they're planning to take to the Edinburgh Festival this year. On top of all of that, Simon and I were actually in the same class at school together, believe it or not, although this weekend was the first time we'd actually caught up in over 20 years. I caught up with a pair of them when they'd just come off the stage at Gnuff, and immediately managed to catch them off guard with my hard-hitting journalistic questions. So are you guys comedians first or musicians first? Awkward pause. Yeah, it's very much a hybrid. I think at the moment we're kind of stepping from one into the other we're from midway which into which so we always thought of ourselves as musicians who kind of did some funny songs whereas i think we are aiming to be funny people who do a bit of music really mm-hmm. yeah does that sound like we're going in the wrong direction uh it's not for me to say but, like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. but you guys have got like the comedy song down right yeah but the comedy song thing has a limited um not a limited audience but if you if you go around saying oh we're a band who play songs um audiences have an expectation of something which is potentially more musical or they want cover versions or things they know or whatever and and you find yourself doing lots of gigs where the audience aren't interested because it's a it's some music in the background and what we do is not about the music it's about the funny things we say so the comedy world works better for that because you turn up at a comedy gig and everyone's there to hear the actual words that the person is saying or singing yeah saying or singing there's a good way to explain it would be at the end of a song we would rather have laughter than an applause now whereas before we'd kind of want an applause but we get both both, yeah. yeah we do get both yeah but then actual stand-ups who don't have instruments, who just do stand-up, think it's kind of... I've heard them say, like, oh, it's... You, you, you get you cheat your way to get an applause because you finish a song and, and the brain's automatically programmed to kind of applause after a song. But 
so yeah I don't know, I, I would kind of try and make the end of the song funny rather than applause, I suppose. Anyway, you guys have just come off stage. Right? We have, mm -hmm. yeah. What a buzz. What a buzz. Yeah. What a buzz. How did it go for you? I think it went pretty good. Yeah, It was, it was good fun. It was a lovely audience. There's always a good audience uh, um, in Huddersfield. And yeah, I don't think we made any significant errors, did we? No, I mean, the, 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 we forgot the kazoo and the recorder, but it was all came across as like a planned blunder but it wasn't it was an actual <laughs> blunder but they're only downstairs well i guess you still could have like run off downstairs yeah no it's know. a bad look to just leave, leave the in, stage in, in, in the middle of your set, set. Yeah. it's kind of like core of your set gone isn't it yeah. also with this venue it probably would have taken me 25 minutes to, to find, find my way, way back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it's a pretty uh labyrinthine backstage area isn't it it really is yeah yeah but apart from that, it went well, the good set. Yes, and, uh, I think so. Yeah, it seemed to go all right. It was... And you were saying you forgot the kazoos, but this is the one sort of venue where you can say, hey, does anyone have a kazoo? And probably someone or more than one person in the audience yeah. will and, have one. And exactly that It happened. sounded like it's... about 20. It sounded like we were being attacked by hornets. Right, right. So you guys have had a, a hell, well, a hell of a year. Um, <laughs> you'd won like a massive national comedy competition. Yes, sort of. Yeah, sort of. Well, I, I mean, we're always a bit reluctant to blow our own kazoo. <laughs> um, yeah, we won the best newcomer at the uh, musical comedy awards back in October 2021, which was nice. That's a national thing that we that we entered. Actually, it was our very first comedy gig that we'd ever done. Yeah. Um, and off the back the of that, newcomers. Well, yeah, quite. <laughs> um, and then um, a bit later in the year, we won a thing called Union Jack Circuit Breakers, which was put on by Union Jack Radio um, before it no longer existed. Uh, and we won some slots up at uh, Leicester Comedy Festival and a photo shoot and various other bits and bobs. So, yeah. Well, I heard you talking to someone downstairs about the photo shoot. Yes. Was it with someone famous or something? Or... Well, he is... Uh... He's not famous, but he's well known in... The comedy world, isn't he? Because he, he know he's taken pictures of everyone. everyone. So you know, when you see a comedy poster uh, out on the street, it's fairly likely that the brilliant photo of the comedian on it was taken by oh, Andy Hollingworth. Right. Okay. Yeah. Andy Hollingworth. Okay. So it was the photographer who was famous. Yes. When yeah, when I heard you got a, a photo shoot with someone. Oh, well, you thought you were getting photos with with another person standing oh, next no. to yeah. Keith Harris Norville yeah. or something? Exactly. Yeah. 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 No. So, does Plastic Jesus exist without music? No. You don't think, could it? Yes. I we've been talking think. about it because we're planning to do a whole hour Edinburgh-type thing within a year, and we think if we just did an hour of our stupid little songs, people would get bored. So, Not least us. Uh, yeah, we're planning to kind of work out some anecdote type things and pepper them with songs, maybe. Something like that, I don't know. Yeah, I think we've got several sort of bits, like comedy bits that we do at comedy shows. Obviously, the show you've just seen us do was a ukulele show, so it was more about the songs, and we didn't do the slightly quirky kind of um, spoken bits in between the songs, other than me rambling on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I th does Plastic Jesus exist? Could it exist without music? I think it could, yeah, probably. Yeah. 
and it could exist without the comedy, but then it would just be music and it would be dull, I think. I, I think it would just lose the essence of what the point is of us doing it. Well, I was speaking to you earlier, and maybe I misunderstood, but did it start as just music? I mean, not comedy. Yeah. When, when you guys started, you weren't like a comedy... The, the songs were always... I've only ever been able to write songs that are a bit tongue-in-cheek or silly or kind of uh, to amuse myself. So we've never had a whole bunch of serious songs, ever. We've We've only ever been light-hearted i think is uh, yeah yeah that's the way okay. to describe it okay and now it's just like the two of you mm. any thoughts of getting like a full band or are you happy with the the layout now i don't want to share the money with anyone right <laughs> <Not money. laughs> you're not sharing it with me no, that's true you gotta learn it um i don't not full time i don't think you know wouldn't it be amazing to do um Saturday night at the Palladium with an orchestra. Or yeah, something. like Bill Bailey does. <laughs> but, Bill Bailey does the whole full orchestra thing, doesn't he? And yeah, but that's a different thing, isn't it? That's, yeah, well, it's not. We we've got some guest musicians on some of our songs. We've featured George from Opera Lely has has played a brass instrument. Is it a trumpet? I always tell people trombone. it's a trumpet. Oh no, no, it's, yeah, it's a trumpet. Yeah, but he can play trombone. He, he played some brass instrument on one of our songs on our latest album, and we had a guy called Nick Harvey, who is a, a composer who plays amazing piano on one of the other songs on it. So we we occasionally draft in people if they can do stuff better than we could. Yeah, <laughs> but not as a permanent fixture. Now you guys are based in Bournemouth, right? Mm -hmm. But Aaron, you're not from Bournemouth. No, I'm from Lincolnshire, a little town called Spalding. But I've lived in Bournemouth for like seven or eight years, so we say we're from Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah it makes things easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you like it? Uh, it? It's better than Lincolnshire. Lincolnshire is really boring and dull. And <laughs> if you're listening to this and you live in Lincolnshire, move out because Dorset's better. Yeah, it's very flat, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Lincolnshire. Yeah. yeah, the only job prospects there is working in food. It's, it's basically where all the food comes from in the UK. Is probably comes from Lincolnshire. They make ready meals and soups and grow cauliflowers. And that's basically what all the people I went to school with still do. The, they probably the three basic foods. Yeah, all, ready the, food, meals, all the major food groups. No, I mean, me and my girlfriend travelled for a year around New Zealand and stuff. And when we moved in together after that, we were like, oh, let's live somewhere more scenic. So we moved to Bournemouth. Yeah. So what are your like goals? Because I've seen you guys a few, well, I've seen you guys for the first time live, but I've watched a lot of your YouTube videos and listened to your music on Spotify, whatever. Mm. It pains me to say it, but you guys are really good. Like, and I, I take no pleasure in telling you that. No, that's fine. Um, right, what are your goals? I mean, short term, make a name for ourselves on the comedy circuit because no one really knows who we are. We've been doing it less than a year, but hopefully after this yeah. first year, we'll we'll sort of be known a little bit. I think I look at it in terms of I'd quite like. This, this is a, a, an odd measure of success, I suppose, but I would like us to be approached to do more shows than we approach people. You know, the thing where people get in touch with us and say, hi, we'd love you to come and play at this, as opposed to us seeing an event on and going, oh, I don't suppose we could come and play, could we? Because, mm. you know, I think that would be that would be that short term measure of making a name for ourselves. That would be a good measure of that. Well, which is happening we're kind yeah, of in in yeah. in the phase of that happening i think yeah what happened to get you on Gnoof? did you ask or did they ask you 
And do you know what? I have no you, idea. When I when I joined the band, and it was I knew you played a ukulele, obviously, but I was and I knew there was ukulele festivals, and you were really kind of. I don't want to put my foot in it with the ukulele the community. Idea. You, you were like, oh, but, well, I play ukulele, but we're not a ukulele band. And I was like, yeah, but it might be cool. Like it might be. Yeah, I was deeply sceptical. And then we did. This was our first song, wasn't it, Gene, of 2018, 2017? Yes, I think and so. And we played downstairs in the cellar, and it went really well. We played on the, the original music stage or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, original ukulele song stage. Uh, I don't know how it came to be. I, I presume I, I, presume I must have got yeah, in touch with someone anyone. and said, hello, we play original ukulele songs, can we, can we come along? And they said yes, and I went, oh, okay, now we need to get to Huddersfield somehow. Um, and then after that, we turned up and went, oh, ukulele, like, this is actually a thing, that there are, it's a community of people. Um, previously, we'd been pretending that we were just a band, you know, just a normal sort of pub rock band or whatever. Uh, and so I was always very reluctant to go uh, to associate us with being a ukulele band. I don't know. I just sort of, there were negative connotations in yeah, my totally. head. I think I had some punk rock ideal of no i'm in a band i'm just in a band right <laughs> but now you lean into it a bit more the ukulele well now i've realized that actually the ukulele community is full of lovely people and great opportunities for stuff and it's hard to you can't be against it once you're once you're in in it yeah, you nice can't you can't look at it, it and go oh that oh, these people are terrible because and they're it, not because it's kind of small as well it is nice to go from place to place and and speak to the same sort of people you saw in a different part of the country and yeah there's a real community vibe to it yeah yeah can i ask you about your musical background because yeah. you played the bass uke in the band mm -hmm. i'm guessing like you didn't start that's no, not kind of I, the main thing I, I played normal bass till less than a year ago just aesthetically i took up the u bass to make us look funnier i guess i don't know it's it's nice on the tube as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, no, I played normal electric bass. I went to college for three years in Boston, which sounds more glamorous than it is if you're from America. But I went to Boston College in Lincolnshire. Right. Okay. Um, did jazz and things like that. Oh yeah. This is like cool. twenty years ago, so I don't really play jazz anymore. But yeah, and I always, I think, yeah, I I met Simon through joinmyband.com which is like a kind of dating site for bands but simon's my my ad said like i oh, like weezer and the pixies and nirvana i think like oh, yeah i'll find someone cool and you said oh yeah we're influenced by all of them or you i don't are. think i said oh, we were influenced i think by you them, did but i was just like i love i love what? all those bands and and it, obviously we're not <laughs> musically <laughs> yeah. that the similar. weird the weird thing is that when i was at college the band i was in it was called Rigolo, who were named after a clown. Our friend, our friend was in a circus, and his clown was called Rigolo. And we did kind of circusy <laughs> music, and then it was heavy at times, and then it was circusy, and we had a trombone player. So uh, you were saying, Simon, that Aaron is the musician, yes, of the band. I'm not you, really. You, you studied jazz at college, right? Yeah. So that's pretty hardcore, as far as like, yeah. Well, music it, goes. it started. Um, as our everybody's least favorite lesson because it was just a load of kind of goths and grebos who liked corn and system of down because this is like back in 2002 or something stupid yeah we did college 
music in practice or popular music i think the course was called or something and you and you're doing kind of like recording lessons and then like they're sprung on us oh you've got to do jazz grades i mean I'm jazz grades but it ended up going from our least favorite lesson to like our favorite lesson because he was actually forcing us to sort of walk bass over chord charts and things like that and it was really good for me as a bass player learning all that sort of stuff because you learn the ins and outs of chords and things and and arpeggios and whatnot yeah you play a lot of the notes that i would naturally just skip yeah yeah i suppose but that's as far as my musicianship goes i can't read music i can everyone's saying that today everyone yeah. like time on age just said oh, i can't read music well i started doing i started doing an online course a couple of weeks ago to read um bass clef or f clef whatever you call it but after I got sort of like into lesson five, I was like, I'm never going to use this and it's boring. So sod it, I'm going to go and learn and do a different course. Okay, we'll get back to Plastic Jesus in just a moment, but I first wanted to let you know I'm currently working on a brand new website for the show. It's called ukuletales.com, of course, uh, and I'd love for you to check it out. Currently, it's basically just a bio and an archive, so you can search through all the previous shows. But if you can think of anything you'd like me to add to the website, then let me know, as I'm very, very open to your ideas. Also, if you want to help support the show, currently the two best ways you can do that, as well as, of course, downloading and listening to each and every episode, which I'm sure you do already, are by sharing it with your uke-loving friends, families, and communities, as the more people listening each week, the better. Or you can sign up to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash uketeacher. And if you pledge any amount at all, you'll get early access to every episode. There's a few bonus interviews and some bonus content up there, including extra chat with James Hill, Christopher Davis Shannon, a.k.a. the Banjolele Tin Man, and Tyler from 10 Thumbs Pro. Plus, you get the chance to ask some questions to some of my future guests. Uh, and finally, before we get back to The Plastic Jesus, don't forget that I love hearing from you. And I do read and respond to every single email I receive. Eventually. So if you want to have a little chat with me or drop me a message about pretty much anything at all, then the best way to do that is email me, uketeacher at grabyouryuke.com and let me know how you're getting on. Okay, let's get back to Simon and Aaron. So, Aaron is a musician, which brings me to you, Simon. What, what is the point of this? <laughs> Wordsmith. <Because laughs> we go way back, as we haven't mentioned yet. No. We went to school together. We did. And now, twenty something years later, we find out that apparently we're both making a living or like working in the ukulele world. Indeed. But my question to you is: at school, I don't remember you ever playing music. You didn't do music GCSE or A level. I don't remember you ever sort of even like bringing a guitar in or anything. When did you start to play music? Um. Well, I've been interested in music for as long as I can remember. Uh, you know taping the charts off the radio when I was probably nine or ten or something and then been I say interested kind of obsessed with music um but I never really felt like I had much natural ability at making it certainly as a as a teenager um, I was more interested in listening to it and generally feeling sorry for myself 
Um, but, but as I say, absolutely obsessed with it. So when we were at school and you were actually being musical, um, I was off listening to uh, Nirvana bootlegs on my Walkman or whatever. Um, and then so I started making music probably probably while I was at school. I'm sure I must have been 15 or something. I got um, I begged my parents to buy me an acoustic guitar, which they dutifully did. Uh, and then I sort of strummed a few basic chords on that, as as you do. But it was never some I never felt a natural affinity with it. So I powered on through and I I'm, I'm all right at playing the guitar. Um, and then from there, I ended up with an electric guitar and I sort of stumbled into a band playing rhythm guitar. Um, and then several iterations of things later, I um, I think my brother-in-law bought me a ukulele as a bit of a sort of novelty Christmas present back in um, the early 2000s, I suppose. Uh, and it just turned out, I, I found myself playing it all the time rather than the guitar. I wouldn't, while I was watching TV, I wouldn't pick up the guitar and have a noodle on it. I'd pick up the ukulele and have a noodle on it whilst being in a band playing kind of rock songs on an electric guitar. So it's kind of parallel. Uh, the thing is, lines. I can't tell how good you are at the ukulele because you're left-handed. Yeah. So I just watch it and I'm like, wow, he's a wizard. And I'm like, oh, it just looks a bit different to it's, me. It's a mystery. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm adequate. That was actually one of the reasons that I switched to ukulele at the time was because nobody was playing it this is my this is my big secret that i'm going to be letting out on here i switched to playing the ukulele because um at the time we were in a band where i played guitar and i was very conscious that when you're playing in a rock pub or something probably 50 percent of the audience watching you also play guitar and mm -hmm. therefore they may well they may well be as good as if not better than me and it doesn't feel nice to be on stage looking out and thinking i reckon anyone out there could probably do a better job than me <laughs> so uh, i switched to ukulele partly because i thought i bet nobody out there plays ukulele because it was incredibly unfashionable at the time you know it wasn't it hadn't had the sort of resurgence that it's had now so i did that and i was like well i can pretty much guarantee i'm better than anyone else in this room on the ukulele doesn't mean i'm good at it just just better just than, better than just the audience the and therefore that's fine um, and and now everyone else plays ukulele as well, so um, <laughs> don't have that excuse anymore. Well, no, but you uh, you set the trend. You guys set the trend. That's absolutely you? it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys are good. I think what sets you apart. I'm sure there are other people who do similar stuff to you, but you, your songs are actually good songs. They're not just funny. They're like um, I don't know how to put it, like melodically sound, or they 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 work. They make sense. They're actually like nice to listen to yeah so um do you sort of write them together how does it work exactly simon probably writes 90 percent of it um yeah. but i'm pretty good at adding character with the bass i suppose um and harmonies yeah and i think the song thing comes from the fact that we until very recently thought of ourselves as a band so you know it had to be three verses choruses maybe middle eight etc so and then the funny stuff is in the lyrics but you still got the foundation of a song um but with the with the comedy stuff it's a lot easier to just go well i've got a joke here i'll do it over c and yeah. g <laughs> um and and then if i end up writing something like that something fairly simple i tend to lean on aaron's musical abilities and he will come up with a baseline that makes it interesting and more um 
song-like, I suppose, or mu more musical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so without wanting to stir the pot too much, uh -huh. have you guys considered... Um, quitting? No, 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 not quitting. Um, <laughs> like, ownership of the song. Uh, like, I don't know if you, like, publish or anything, but when I was in a band at school, um, Ham... I Ham, I, you do remember. I, I remember Ham. Yeah. Yes, I do. One of our big things was, like, that would really annoy me, is, like, the uh, the singer would come in and go, I've written the song. And I'd be like, okay. And then I would write, like, sort of a guitar solo and picking patterns and yeah. sometimes, like, a bass line or whatever. And he'd be like, yes, but I'm the songwriter. And I'm like, well, I feel like I've done more of the work, right? Yeah. So do you kind of ever think about that sort of thing? Like, do you just join credit everything or is it all you, Simon? Um, we, we join... I think everything is written by Plastic Jesus, isn't it? On the on the sleeves of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think PRS you've never got around to registering on, so it's all in my name. But that's just because we're lazy, essentially, and, I, and any any money we get from that goes into the band fund. So it's all. So I am a big fan of the Levelers, the kind of uh, Brighton-based folk punk band, and they have always uh, done equal songwriting shares throughout the band regardless of who wrote the song or you know anything um and there's five of them and so it's fairly likely that four of them are coasting at any given moment on reclaiming <laughs> the rights to a song but you know um i think if you're a drummer and somebody comes into band practice with a song and you come up with a drum part for it that's legit legitimately a thing you've come up with or, or if you're a bass player and you come up with a bass line that's your bit of the song i think they're equally um valid claims to writing the song it kind of annoyed me watching that new beatles thing where you like see paul mccartney coming up with get back and he's just sat there for ages jamming and he comes up with it and then it comes up with the side the thing at the bottom like get back lennon and mccartney and it's just like he's not even in the room like he's off with yoko somewhere <laughs> and it's, it's i know that's how they did it yeah. but you know what i mean yeah yeah but i think they you make that decision don't you to say well, it's an equal split, so yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, all the good ones that John Lennon wrote when Paul McCartney was off, you with, know, on his tractor or whatever, then that's also a Lennon McCartney song, and therefore it balances out in the grand scheme of things. If one of them had just stopped writing songs and just claimed the money, <laughs> then maybe that would be that would be bad. But I don't think they any of them claimed Octopus's Garden, though, did they? That was uh, who would just Ringo, wasn't it? I think <laughs> was it really? I think so. I could be completely wrong. I don't really know anything about it. Uh, um, so I was thinking yeah, that earlier. We 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 just have a kitty and put it all in there. And how often are you guys gigging at the moment? Yeah, sort of up and down. Uh, some months. I mean, we're approaching the summer festival season. It's kind of every weekend, sometimes twice in a weekend, and things like that. Um, and then there are lulls when we've got three weeks without a, without a gig. Glastonbury. We didn't manage to get Glastonbury this time around. There was some talk that we might do, but the people that we would have um, gone there with didn't get the arts funding that they wanted, oh, so yeah. didn't come off, sadly. But maybe next time? I would hope so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm Main stage. Oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> Period right? stage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm surprised here it's so few, it's relatively few, like a couple of times a month. Like, I would have thought you guys would be playing at least, like, every weekend or something. Yeah, but it's playing where, that's the thing. You know, we could play a rubbish gig, no, a, a, a not satisfying gig every mm. weekend quite easily. You know, we could reach out to all the local pubs and places 
and stand in the corner while people wish we were playing Ed Sheeran. Yeah, we're, but, we're trying to get a bit of momentum on the comedy circuit, then I'm sure we will be doing weekly things. Yeah. I think we've made a decision not to do gigs that don't nourish our souls, you know, or our <laughs> desire to... Um, I don't know. You, there's, a, there's a lot of bad gigs or gigs that you just come away from and think, I don't know why I bothered doing that. Uh, and we've played many, many of them. Oh, the yeah, past. yeah, yeah. But you can usually sniff them out a mile off. Yeah. But you do play a lot of the local um, Bournemouth places as well, right? Not so much anymore. We did, um, but but not so much now. Is Mr. Smith still going? No, people... no, no. Mr. Really Smith's don't. closed down a long time ago, okay. sadly. I did get to play there once, which was a good thing. In fact, Mr. Smith had gone by the time you moved to Bournemouth. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just a relatively famous um it was local music venue in bournemouth yeah it was it was brilliant they had some amazing acts there i remember the libertines played there no kidding really yeah yeah and uh, my friend phoned me up it was i think it was the week their um debut album came out up the bracket and my friend phoned me and said oh the libertines are playing and i knew and liked the album and i went oh i can't really be bothered and so i never went yeah. <laughs> and i really regret it because mr yeah. smith's um was i don't know 100 capacity or something it was like 20 or something that would have been like the best gig ever yeah it would have been the best gig ever let's not dwell on it i suppose you might need to cut this out but they would uh serve you booze even when you had a baby face like me and were aged about 15 very nice yeah which was the dream yeah yeah i won't cut that out i don't think unless you need me to for some reason i was thinking for legal reasons they might not want it well i mean they can't like i mean have their license revoked if they've gone out that's true yeah Good luck yeah. finding Mr. Yeah, Smith. They, they might tell your mum and dad, though. So. <laughs> One thing I forgot to ask, though I feel like we've got past this now, but how did the pandemic affect you guys? Interestingly, I think it actually... Aaron and I ended up making quite a lot of little videos, just the two of us kind of... Like YouTube videos? Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, they were on YouTube, but sort of for Facebook or whatever. Um, not with a view to getting lots of views necessarily, but just to keeping up the momentum of mm. doing something Content. and creating stuff. And we actually discovered that we really enjoyed just doing these silly little songs with just the two of us. And then th that cemented the fact that it's quite nice to just do silly little funny short things. Um, maybe we don't, maybe we don't need to be a band who goes and rocks out. Not that we ever really were. Maybe we can stop pretending that we're a band that goes and rocks out on a Saturday night. Um, so it obviously, as with everyone, gigs completely dried up. Um, but we still carried on creating stuff. And I think it made us take a pause and go, actually, what is it that we do and why do we do it? And then a slight shift of direction, which is where we are now. Previously, we would have taken any gig that anybody threw at us. And um, we had a drummer and we were kind of quite, we weren't loud necessarily, but the idea was we wanted people to dance. So we wanted mm. to kind of make a bit of a scene. We didn't feel like the success of being in a band was having a gig every Friday and Saturday night and playing to a bunch of disinterested people. Actually, the, the good thing about being in a band was that we could make stuff that we enjoyed and make people laugh and be creative and interesting rather than slogging away. You had just posted an amazing video. Um, I'm not sure what the name of the song is, but not every something is a something. Yeah, I don't know the song's called E for Effort. E for Effort, okay. And that's like a professionally shot production, right? Yeah. So how did that come about? What's the deal with that? 
we wanted to do something where we're putting lots of effort in as the song suggests but the outcome of it is not what you expect i suppose yeah we, fundamentally we, yeah we had lots of different ideas going back and forth what we do like we were saying oh we should build a a house of cards out of cream crackers and try and make it yeah, like between, while we're singing this and things like that but i bought some cream crackers from Lidl and it's not very easy and, to make a house of cards that was genuinely that was the video i think i got for quite some time i think yeah. i got too high and it just kept falling over so but you did something amazing with painting mm. which i sort of don't want to spoil for people who haven't seen the video but when i was talking about it last night you explained that you genuinely can paint yeah, uh, I painted a couple of our album covers and EP yeah. covers. I've always been Using, a bit quite a creative person. Um, involving a bird in a hat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, it is a hobby. Of... It's um, amazing. It was re... Well, it wasn't retweeted by Dave Coleman, was it? Uh, yeah, he... he did. Yeah, he oh, did. did okay. it. Yeah, yeah, so I thought that was like a little bit mean to leave like a nice comment, but not actually share it. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did. He did, yeah. yeah. And you know he lives in Bournemouth, I think. Yes. Is that how you know him? Or no, no, not at all. No, I've never met him. Just uh, he just follows me on Twitter. I, I guess he's seen one of my ridiculous jokes that I've posted on there and followed me for that. Nice. Does he follow you as well? I'm not on Twitter. What a great bunch of lads. I know the vast, vast, vast majority of my listeners are based in the US. So there is a high chance you won't have necessarily seen or heard of Plastic Jesus yet. But I really, really recommend you go ahead and check them out. They have a couple of albums up on Spotify and Apple Music and all the usual places like that. But as we spoke about briefly in the interview, they also make some really great videos too. So make sure you take the time to look up E for Effort, which I've posted a link to in the show notes. And they're always posting little uh, funny things up on their Facebook page as well. So make sure you find them on there. Okay, I think that's just about it for another week. But I'll be back again next Wednesday with another episode, this time dipping into one of the new interviews that I recorded at NAM last week. I got some really good conversations on tape when I was in Anaheim. And so I'm really looking forward to starting to share those with you. But I'd still have some more suggestions from you as to people you'd like me to speak to in the future. I do have a few wheels in motion for some future episodes, but I'm always keen for more ideas. So do drop me a message or email me at uketeacher at grabyouryuke.com. And also, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we are sponsored by Carla. And if you're in the market for a new ukulele, just visit carlabrand.com slash uketeacher. They sponsor the show. They make some good quality instruments. And if you visit via that link, you'll get a 10% discount on any ukulele or indeed anything at all on their website just because you listen to Ukulele Tales. Thanks again to Simon and Aaron. And until next time, I love you all and I wish you the best. Best.